Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network on Yahoo Sports Radio. Our next guest is one of the tri-MVPs of the World Football League's only complete season. Tony Adams, quarterback, the Southern California Sun, and split the MVP award in 1974 with running backs Tommy Riemann of Florida and J.J. Jennings of Memphis. Tony set the WFL single-season record with his 3,900 yards passing and 23 touchdowns, and he parlayed that success into an NFL contract with the Kansas City Chiefs, where he backed up Hall of Famer Len Dawson and wound up starting seven career games with the Chiefs over four seasons. Tony Adams, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hey, Tony, the Chargers selected you in the 14th round of the 73 draft. Why was the World Football League a better option for you than San Diego? Well, I think in my position, they had drafted Dan South the same year. And, um, and then being on the taxi squad, you know, you, you really don't have an opportunity to play. And what I saw was that uh, at least this gave me um, an opportunity to get in and play every day and improve the skills at a higher level than college. And it was a much higher level than college football. And um, so I, I took advantage of it and just... Um, Signed up and, you know, I entertained the opportunity of being the starting quarterback and end up being that, and uh, things couldn't have worked out any better. It really did give me the opportunity to play, and that's, that's what you needed. You need to play. You need to be able to showcase what you can and can't do, and that's what the uh, World Football allowed me to do. Now, two of the uh, 12 teams, Tony, as you know, folded during the, the first season, and two others relocated, and a number of teams had trouble meeting payroll and uh, paying the laundry bill and all that. During that, when all that's going on, uh, did you ever start to doubt your decision to play in that league during that 1974 season? You know, not really. Um, You know, we did have a little bit of an issue occasionally, but uh, one of the owners, you know, drew me aside, took me into his room and said, here, here are my financials. And he showed me all the money that he made (laughs) and all the money he had in his account. That I'm going to be able to make the payroll. Don't worry about it. So, you know, I kept getting reassurances that, you know, we weren't going to be one of those teams. But, you know, in the long run, we did have a little bit of an issue in, the, in our last game. But the game was over and everybody got paid. And um, I really never regretted it. Matter of fact, I looked at it as really the best opportunity for me to make the move back to the NFL. We're with former WFL MVP Tony Adams. And Tony, when Ron was asking about teams that struggled, the Suns' own financial difficulties probably cost them, your team, a shot at the one and only World Bowl. Uh, I think even though you won the Western Division with a 13-7 record, you lost in the opening round of the playoffs, and that was at home to the underdog Hawaiians, and that would be Calvin Hill's Hawaiians, and we had Calvin Hill on earlier. But there was a bit of surprise, it seemed to me, when you, or for you, when you showed up at the stadium for that game, and you want to take it from there? Yeah, we um, we had three high draft choices in that year in the NFL. Uh, Kermit Johnson, Kermit Alexander, and Booker Brown uh, from USC and UCLA. And we're getting closer and closer to going on the field the pregame, and none of those guys showed up. And they obviously were our two starting running backs and our starting tackle. And as the game progressed, they never showed up, and we went into the game with you know, a lot of our offense and a lot of our protection was um, not available, and, and it did hurt us and did cost us the game. So we, we had a chance to move on, 
we had a good enough team that we could have advanced, but uh, without three of the key members of your offense, it, it was tough to uh, to make the next step and get into get into the World Bowl. Where'd they go? You have a fun- <laughs> yeah, good where were they? Where were they? I have a feeling. I have a feeling they were somewhere watching the game, saying, "See what I mean? You guys needed us." <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, it was unfortunate. Um, they did what they thought they had to do, uh, based on the fact that they hadn't been paid um, their money, and um, and ended up you know costing the rest of the team. But you know, they did what they felt they had to do, and you know, with the circumstances of some of the other teams. You know, I don't know that I can blame them, but um, for a lot of us, it was an opportunity to, you know, play in advance and get into the World Bowl, and it just it didn't happen. Tony, I want to ask you one other question. Be- because of all the cash sure. problems that first season, yeah. I remember the players adopted a sort of show-me-the-money attitude, and it seemed to me mm-hmm. that carried over to the MVP award. Uh, even though you didn't play in the World Bowl, you were there for it. Can you tell us about the MVP ceremony? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I tell you what, I was dr- actually driving from uh, Utah, where, Logan, Utah, where I went to college, and, and back to Southern California, where my family was from. And I got a call and said, hey, guess what? You're one of the three MVPs. I said, three? I said, yeah, there were three MVPs, and we want you to come to the World Bowl. So I had to drive back up to Salt Lake City and catch a plane and flew down to Birmingham and... Uh, he kind of told me what was going to happen at halftime. They were going to take you out on the field because the other two players were actually in the game. And they're going to bring out like a uh, Brinks truck and hand you $10,000 cash. I said, really? What am I supposed to do at that point? They said, well, we just want, we want everybody to see that this league is fluid and there's money and we're going to pay you in cash. I said, well, that's interesting. So what? Let's go ahead. And sure enough, halftime, I go out to the center of the field, and here comes the Brinks truck, and uh, they pull out this big bag of cash. And the, the World League MVP trophy was about six foot tall. And <laughs> it was on a big platform. I mean, they really wanted to showcase the fact that, that the World Football League was here, and we we're going to really acknowledge our top players. And, and here's this money and here's this trophy which I'm not sure where it is but I think somebody knows where it is. Now uh, I know why your and, three teammates weren't paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, they had to spend it all on the trophy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but that that was the ceremony and, and um, you know, it was one of those things that uh, you look back on it, it was, it was needed at the time because they televised it and you know, uh, I, I understand what they did and, and the reason behind the cash, but, you know, when I got back uh, to uh, Anaheim, uh, a lot of the players that I ran around with, they said, now, how do we split this? Because I got $3,333, and there's, you know, I said, there's 35 of us. I'm not sure how that's going to break down. But we, um, it, it, that was uh, a unique moment in the World Football League, I'm sure. Uh, so many of the name NFL players signed were future contracts, you know, Stabler and, mm-hmm. and uh, Larry Zonk and Warfield and those guys. Calvin uh, Hill, too. Uh, Calvin Hill, of course. I'm just saying, how competitive in your mind was the WFL that first season uh, without them? And, and would that league have maybe had a fighting chance at all those NFL stars 
jumped and come into the league? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I've been asked that question several times, and, and the league was extremely competitive. There were a lot of NFL guys already in the league that first year, and I mean, we had several on our team that had played seven, eight, nine years in the NFL and still could play, very competitive. And I'll tell you, that league would have survived. It would have merged with the NFL at some point in time if they'd have done a couple things. Limit to about eight solid financial teams played, you know, 14 regular season games and two playoffs in the World Bowl, and, and that league would have succeeded because with 20 regular season games, Guys were beat up. They were having to bring guys in because the league, the season was so long, and they were having to fly all over the place. And, and that's where the big expense is. And and having a team, if they would have limited the teams and limited the games, that that league would have succeeded. It was there was that many good players, um, and it's just too bad because they they had this vision of grandeur that they're going to bring in all these teams and play 20 regular season games. Well. When you're playing a regular season game, the intensity is a lot different than a preseason game because every game counts, and and it just took a toll on a lot of players. I mean, there were players that were out, you know, a lot of players out for the season. They were having to pay, and it just I think that was the biggest issue as to why that league did not succeed. We're with former WFL MVP Tony Adams, and Tony, since you mentioned that uh, 20 game schedule I'll ask you the obvious question how much of a grind was that because the NFL is talking about an 18 game schedule so how much of a grind was 20 it's a lot like I said you know, when every game counts you, you, the intensity of that game is a lot more than when you go play a preseason game and the starters play a quarter and then they play a quarter and a half uh, and then, they, then they'll play maybe uh, uh, two, two quarters and then they don't play at all on the fourth game. So they're kind of resting everybody up to get to the regular season because they know how uh, important a regular season win is. And when you're only playing 16 games, and in our case we played 20, um, and we didn't know how things were going to work out. I don't know that we as players understood that a lot of these teams were underfinanced and they, you know, they couldn't play and pay their laundry bills, which happened to us. We had to delay the start of a game because the Detroit team hadn't paid their laundry bill and they didn't have their uniforms. So, we, I mean, we had a lot of those types of experiences that went on. But when you look back at them, there really are those stories that make the WFL kind of unique. Is uh, There were solid teams, there were good teams, with a lot of good players, and there were some teams that were so underfinanced. And the stories those guys told us were incredible. You know, show up and you know, there wasn't any football to practice with because uh, <laughs> they hadn't paid their, you know, their bills. And, and, but in the long run, for a lot of players, it was a, it was a great stepping stone to the NFL, and a lot of players came out of that league. They were young players that weren't drafted or were drafted, and they demonstrated that they could play to the next level and played uh, fairly long careers in the NFL. So I think a 20-game or an 18-game schedule – it's just a little too much. I think 16 is good where they have it. I think limiting it to two preseason games is what they should do. And then they have kind of, you know, like these practice days where they'll, two teams will travel and practice against each other. And I think that's what 
the league really needs um, to cut down on these potential injuries and lose key players uh, in games that really have zero meaning. Hey, Tony, one, one last question, a quick question. How much fun was it playing in that league? It was incredibly fun. I mean, uh, um, the stories are one thing, but, the, you know, the, all the players that were on those teams, we all kind of had a similar background. And, and so we were all trying to make a name for ourselves to move on uh, or back to the NFL. This yeah. has been fun. this has been fun for us. Thanks so much for stopping by, and thanks well, for talking thanks for WFL me. with us. Yeah, it brings back a lot of great memories. Thanks, thanks Tony. guys. Thanks, okay. Tony. You bet. That Thank was you. former WFL quarterback Tony Adams. When we return, we'll sit down with former NFL and WFL executive Upton Bell. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.